Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So that was this morning, but tonight is tonight. And Joss, if you want to come up, Joss is going to be preaching to us. And I'm just going to pray for him before he does. No, just just one clap. (laughs) Maybe we should wait until afterwards to see if it's any good. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that we can sit and just be in your presence and receive your word tonight. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. We're your children. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. And I pray that as Joss speaks, Lord, that you will just speak through him directly into our circumstances, into our hearts and into our lives and that you anoint him as he does it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Wonderful, wonderful to be with everyone. So uh, last week, um, we had a little bit of a different sort of uh, theme for those who are with us and for those who have maybe listened back. Um, We started on a little two-part series, which is Dark Days, Brighter Lights. And... Last week, we um, did the sort of arduous task, if you like, of sort of unpacking um, a bit of the way we sort of think nowadays, which is a bit of a hard thing to sort of talk about, really, because it's sort of trying to compress a load of philosophy and thought um, into, you know, a package of sort of 25 minutes, which is pretty tricky. But anyway, we did our best, and um, we just talked about the fact that the the postmodern way of thinking is um, a tricky one. And we mentioned a few names which will come up um, on the screen. And these are some of the people I thought, if you didn't take notes last time and you wanted to sort of read a bit about it, those are the sort of um, some of the headline figures that we discussed going through a bit of um, sort of potted history of the postmodern way of thinking. And those are some of the headlines of things that came out from those. So um, uh, going on from there, you'd be glad to know that there's um, really no link whatsoever um, with today. Because that's how slick we are, as Kate said already. Um, but um, I, I really, there was a point to that um, message, and that was really just to set the tone of for what, how people think the way they do. And you'll see then the the dilemma and the contradiction that we have uh, in so many parts of societies in the West on what we sort of champion, what we protest for, and things like that. And at the moment, there's protests going on, and they're so confusing to look at. I mean, when you try and understand the different groups and what they're sort of campaigning for, and the, how amazingly contradictory some of them are, you start to understand a bit of that when you understand postmodern way of thinking and the fact that there is no real truth, and therefore, you know, all those sorts of things become a little bit more clear. Although that's obviously sort of, <laughs> yeah obviously wrong, unclear, but it comes clear why they're unclear. Clear? Great. Um, Fantastic. So um, this evening, I thought we'd talk about um, a little bit more on this sort of idea of dark days, bright lights, obviously, this idea of where where the world is and where we're heading. In Genesis 6-5, it says, the Lord saw the great wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that at every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. It's pretty, pretty damning, isn't it? Um, but, um, um, you know, I think that's a, 
uh, when God was looking at the world. This is pre the flood and this is when the flood came. And it's this sort of view of the world that there was just nothing really good going on. Now we know it's a bit of hyperbole because obviously it isn't entirely true because then he goes on to say that Noah was good. So it wasn't all about, but it's, it's, it's sort of trying to make the point um, that, you know, I don't think God thought every single thought that everybody had was actually evil all the time, um, but that there was a general leaning that way. And I think you'd say the same now when we look at the world, when we look at the news and look at everything else, you think, my goodness me, what on earth is going on? What is happening? And I would like to suggest that as Christians, we remember that what we see is only part of what's going on that actually what's going on is something much more that there's principalities and powers in Ephesians 6 12 it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms when we look and we see disaster on our tv screens and on our phones the disaster and the chaos isn't just human it's not just the flesh and blood it's not just the natural but there's stuff happening in the background for those of you ever read um, a bit more of the bible you might have read this book called Daniel it's um, actually one of the sort of few it's called an apocalyptic writing so it has this sort of really vivid imagery and stuff where you sort of you feel like you know what's going on and then all of a sudden it starts talking about totally bizarre things and you're like what on earth has happened I feel like I've been sucked into some sort of weird alien sci-fi movie um, but it's imagery it's picture it's, it's to try to evoke emotion and and this and this um, and these things behind those images anyway Daniel 10 um, it talks about um, uh, something which I find just fascinating it says a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees uh, this is an angel visiting Daniel he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you because he's fallen over because he's a bit um, scared. And when uh, he said to me, I stood up trembling. So first of all, lying trembling, now standing up trembling. Progress. Um, then he continued, do not be afraid. I think I'd be afraid, but there we are. Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Isn't that great? So when we pray, when we speak out to God, when we, when, we, when we call on God, our words are heard at that moment. But then it says, and I have come to respond to them. Brilliant. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained with the king of Persia. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people, to the future, and to the vision that concerns a time yet to come what what on earth is going on or rather what in the spiritual the heavenly realm is going on and the answer is we don't know we have no idea we have no way of understanding all that but what we do know is that even an angel being sent to come and have a message to Daniel was somehow held up in some sort of supernatural power struggle now that's mad does that kind of make your mind bend a little bit it does me. I'm kind of like, oh, come again? What's, what's just happened here? I've prayed. They've like, God's like, yeah, messenger, off you go. He's there and he's had to do some battle with the Prince of Persia, which I thought was a computer game. But anyway, now he's there and he's like, yeah, sorry about the delay, mate. I've just been fighting with the Prince of Persia. Doesn't go. I mean, that my first sort of thought would be, what on earth? I need to know more. 
Apparently to Daniel, that's perfectly normal. So he just allows the conversation to carry on. But anyway, the point I'm making is that this stuff going on in the background, that there's resistance to the work of God and there's battles happening in the spiritual realms. Now, I think for us as Christians, we declare that God is almighty, that's in control, that Jesus is king, right? And it's true, he is. But we sometimes perhaps downplay the fact that the devil is described as the God of the age. The devil has control of the world. Now, I'll put that in inverted commas, maybe. But he has control of the world. And I say the word world on purpose. He has more than just influence. He has a level of significant control and power. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they can't see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It's very, very powerful words that the God of the age has blinded people so they can't see light and see God. That's profound, isn't it? That's pretty crazy to think that that is that level of power. And this word God here, I double-checked it just to make sure, and it is theos. It is God. He's describing the devil as God. Now, it would be with a small g. He's not the God. He is a God of the world, but he's described in that same sort of way that God's described, theos. In the New Testament, at least, obviously, because it's Greek. Chapter, um, John 14, uh, verses 30, 31. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I'm not going to say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father commanded me. He describes him as the prince of this world. He knows that the devil is coming for him and he's going to have his way. Now, ultimately, as we all know, that's playing into the hands of God who's already set the whole thing up. But he's still the prince of this world. This, this, this um, spiritual powerhouse is called the devil, called Satan, called Lucifer, and they've all got different meanings. Um, devil means accuser, slanderer. In fact, we, we covered this, uh, me uh, and Claire and a few others, in a, in a um, was it healing and deliverance? Healing deliverance yesterday. Healing deliverance course yesterday, which was brilliant. Um, but it, 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 the devil means accuser, slanderer, Satan, opposer. And uh, there's a great one, actually, which um, I don't know if they did discover the other day, but um, Beelzebub is another word that's used in Matthew. Um, I think it's when, yeah, it's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that Jesus is able to cast out demons. This is an accusation by the Pharisees, uh, which is really funny if you look into this uh, word, because Beelzebub comes from the word came from, uh, it's kind of like a bit of a play on words and combination of words. It was like, if you remember Baal in the, in the, in the Bible, there's this God called Baal. He's like the, the God of the Philistines and stuff. He's like a pagan God. And uh, so it's a, uh, Baalzebul was this sort of like the God of the high places, uh, Beelzebul. And then Beelzebub became a bit of a sort of slang term by the Jews because that was meant basically kind of like Lord of the Flies. You know, heard of Lord of the Flies, the books and stuff? That's where that word comes from, Lord of the Flies. Um, but also meant uh, double, double on, it was a bit of a double entendre. It meant Lord of the Flies or Lord, Lord of Dung, Lord of Crap. 
<laughs> that sort of idea. So <laughs> just say crap, I know. Uh, but anyway, and I said it again. I won't say anymore. Uh, but you know, it's that sort of idea that they were sort of like Jews were kind of having a bit of a laugh about this God, but also saying that He's the God of everything bad, everything that's rubbish, everything is a bit stinky and a bit not good. That's the that's His domain, if you like. <clears throat> now this the devil when we see the news when we see catastrophe when we see catastrophe on a global scale on on countries at war and also when we see something happening on our street where somebody's been taken advantage of when we see um, slavery modern slavery or whatever those things are it's not just people there's the principalities and powers is my point behind the scenes 1 Peter 5 says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour he wants to kill us he wants to have us he wants to destroy us he's not on our side and he's not just a little fictional cartoon character that runs around with a pitchfork he's something really very sinister says in John 13 2 the evening meal was in progress and this is them talking about the night that Jesus is going to be portrayed and it says the devil had already prompted Judas the son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus he'd already prompted him he'd already done and laid the groundwork you see most problems that we have personally and most problems we see in the world very rarely just come out of nowhere. In fact, almost basically never. There's groundwork. And that groundwork is personally in us, it's in our character and what's forms, but it's also stuff going on spiritually. There's a setup. In the same way as you see if you watch football and sports and, and anything else, there's often a setup to score a goal to do something good. The devil's on a continual mission to set you up for something bad. He is an enemy who is prompting you prompting you into temptation and into sin and into ultimately acts of evil to to go the full hog and that's what we see when we look at things on the tv you think how on earth does that happen lots of people not being very good one step at a time and eventually you get to something truly catastrophic you look at how did six million jews get killed you know you think well it didn't just happen like that step after step after step of people being prompted and them not having the inclination to resist and follow righteousness follow God's way of doing things he's a planner he's a schemer Matthew 13 25 this is one of these verses that I always remember because it's I find it so harrowing and that says but while everyone was sleeping his enemy came and sowed weed amongst the wheat and then went away and then a few verses later Jesus explains it and says the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man because it was good seed sown in the field and um, the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom the weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil but while everyone was sleeping he came and sowed weeds and the conviction I often have is that I don't ever want to be caught out sleeping and the devil come and sow seeds weeds in my life or in the church or in society as a whole you know as a whole we're 
we want to be vigilant, don't we? We don't want to be asleep. And so we can't stay quiet. I would say for us, the, 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 the challenge is not to be quiet, not to be caught asleep. There's so many twisted things in the world and so much of this has, if not all of it, has not just the, the physical, not just the natural, but it has a supernatural influence. Slavery, divorce, war, abortion, pornography, corruption, disproportionate wealth, gender delirium, consumerism, whatever those things are, there's a supernatural background. You can't help but, unless you've been living under a rock, but to know that we've got wars kicking off all over. In the Ukraine, things have been going on for some time. 14 to 15,000 people have died already. And they're talking about so many hundred thousand people injured, millions displaced. In Europe, Europe, this isn't like, you know, some far off land. You get there in the car, you know. We talk about Israel. In one day, 1,400 plus people killed, a couple of hundred people taken hostage. 7,000 rockets, or 5,000 rockets, I think Hamas claimed that they fired on one day on the invasion day. And then now in Gaza, you've got people getting killed. Masses of them, 7,000 they think already. And I've got plenty of political opinions about them, about all this, but that isn't my point right now. My point is just that the people are dying. And whatever happens, these are people made in the image of God. Right? This isn't just the work of people. There are supernatural things at play, especially, I would say, when it comes to things that are happening in Israel. If you want to think about principalities and powers, then, you know, that is a hot, a hot spot for that type of activity for, without any question. And if you want to talk more about that, I can happily chat with you in terms of what's happening when you talk about demons having realms, geographical realms, powers that they look after and things like that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm going to get sidetracked, so I better not. Um, <laughs> we need to be very, I would say, actually, on this thing, I, this is the only thing I would say. We need to be very hyper aware when there's language that is anti Semitic because it's something that's historically prevalent, rife, and it's never ended. Since the creation, since God set apart the Jews, they have been systematically targeted for annihilation. And it's in living history that six million were exterminated in Europe. And we're talking about, when I say exterminate, I don't mean like bombed, killed, targets, warfare. I mean people who were, they had to be creative and entrepreneurial and clever to think up the most effective, efficient way of killing people like some form of vermin. Normal ways of killing just weren't working fast enough. That's evil. And that is what a lot of the stuff that's going on now has a link back to as well. Anyway, we'll part of that. <laughs> so, principalities and powers are at work. And we need to be careful as Christians, well, people I think we should be in general, but as Christians especially, where we get our information from, we, you know, we don't want to be on some TikTok loop, some Instagram algorithm, because we're going to be in an echo chamber, and we can all do it, me included, you know, we're all subject to that because it's, it's how it works. And so we need to make sure that we're getting some of the, the background to some of these things so we can try and have a good, grounded, um, I would say, Christian worldview. 
you know, as Christians, we should have a worldview, a way of viewing the world which comes through the lens of the Bible, which comes through the lens of a relationship with God, which comes through the lens of loving people, loving God and loving people, which comes through the lens of wanting peace, which comes through the lens of wanting to extend grace, but also comes through the lens of wanting to defend people who are being attacked, etc., etc. You know, um, I don't think I'm not a person who is what's it called? So a uh, conscientious objector. I'm not one, because um, in a very practical way. I've got into fights purely trying to protect people. Uh, literally, I have, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. I remember getting in a massive fight in Sleaford once uh, when I lived there because a couple of guys jumped a guy from a Turkish uh, kebab shop, just went and started booting him in. So I went and got stuck in, and I got booted in as well. <laughs> wasn't the best day. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I wasn't going to let him get booted in on, on his own. You know, um, I just didn't think I was right. But we need to know where we stand on certain things. And the world is deeply, deeply troubled. And when it comes to having a moral compass, it has long gone in the West. The issues which used to have a little bit of a left and right political divide in things like abortion, where people, even on a more liberal perspective, would say it's not ideal, but we're still out of the dichotomy, we still think um, this is uh, the... the, the what is it, pro-choice, would be preferable, but we realize there's a dichotomy in this. We're at the stage now where I saw um, something on, I can't remember if it was a reel or if it was on TikTok, where a girl was documenting and celebrating her abortion and describing and going through it, literally in the abortion clinic, going through it and wanting it to be put, um, recorded while she's fist pumping as there. And that is, well, I'd say that's demonic. That's evil. That's wrong. Like, no matter how you look at these things and they're complex situations, I get that, but for goodness sake, when you're that way in a moral, if the moral compass has gone that berserk, you really are in trouble. And I would say that it's not just the fact that she's an evil person. I would say that they are just evil forces at work in the world. We must be aware that there are evil forces at work. There's this new sort of thing that's called shout your abortion where people are, encouraged to talk about it positively and share their experience etc which is just heartbreaking if you ask me um, anyway Isaiah 5 2 says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter you never want to be on the side of a woe to you know when the person who is getting um, righteously angry is the creator of the universe who sustains our lives by his word I don't want to be on his woe to list right I think that's a real bad list to be on you know if you want you know we all want to be on Santa's good list you know we don't want to be on Santa's naughty list definitely don't want to be on the creator God of the universe's bad list right that is just I would say that's common sense that should be common sense so any woe to's we should really be staying clear from and anything like that is just horrific pornography it's become just so common that it's not even it doesn't even raise an eyebrow it doesn't even raise an eyebrow it's 96 no, 94 percent of 14 year olds have seen hardcore pornography now isn't that just mad C crazy i mean how i mean i'm just thinking about like you know i don't think i'm ancient but like i remember that when being like 16 and somebody would have tried to swipe some sort of magazine from the top shelf in wherever and you'd be there looking at boobs thinking oh my word you know this is but it's just and I'm not saying that's good that's really bad but I'm just saying that like we're in a place where 14 year olds are watching things that are 
obscene, not good in any way, shape, or form. And it's being glorified by things like OnlyFans and stuff like that, where it's become supposedly some sort of legitimate way of making a living. It's demonic. Things that start to package and encourage women to put themselves out, predominantly women, put themselves out in that way is demonic. No two ways about it. It's evil. It's evil, evil stuff. And what did I say before? The God of the age has blinded. And the thing that I get scared about, and I can almost feel myself getting emotional about it, is that sometimes I feel like I'm getting blinded too. I was watching something on, on um, I don't know what it was, I think it was Netflix. I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't really matter what. I was watching something the other day, and it was, and it was getting more and more graphic. It was actually a, like an action hero type of program um, and it's kind of like deliberately a bit almost like about like it's like kind of like Marvel but like if Marvel characters were like more ordinary and up to no good and it got more and more graphic and I just really suddenly felt incredibly convicted I'm like why you, like the Holy Spirit saying what are you watching and I'm there thinking oh, what am I watching this is absolute filth now it was entertaining Genuinely, just being honest. Because, you know, sin is, has an element of gratification, doesn't it? Sin is often fun. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it, obviously. So it goes without saying. But, you know, I was kind of like, this is quite good. And then this thing started getting more and more graphic. And I'm, I'm not trying to say you need to think what I think on the particular program or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that just the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, what are you watching? What are you watching? I just thought, I'm becoming blinded. I'm becoming blinded to the things that matter to God to holiness and it should break my heart I should be I need to be have my heart broken for things that break God's heart create a pure heart in me oh God that's what the Bible says isn't it how can I look at women and, and people in a, and see women as sisters when I'm watching stupid stuff like that on the telly it's going to be difficult isn't it right I'm just being honest of course it is dark days but there are brighter lights there is hope and hope has a name and his name is Jesus devil may be the prince of the world and that's true and the reason that title can stand is because Jesus wasn't competing for it Jesus is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the king of the universe. All of creation, every name will bow at the name of Jesus. And so the prince of darkness is given a short leash. He's given a time limit. If you read scripture, read Revelation, he's given a time slot. He isn't all powerful, but Jesus is everything was made by him and through him in the beginning was the word it says this in John and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning through him through him through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind 
the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it he is the light of the world and the great thing is he showed that he lit up wherever he went crowds followed people were healed people were set free the demonic the bows that were oppressed by demons were released he brought light he brought hope and then when he went to sit by his father he passed the baton to us now go all authority is being given to me now go greatest band passed in history as you'll probably hear me say before as the father has sent me see I am sending you Jesus said you're a light on a hill no you're not you're a light on a stand a city on a hill <laughs> anyway same idea Jesus said greater things you'll do we're not sent out to be just a, a mere sort of weak sort of knockoff of Jesus we're sent out in the same power the same power that, Christ, that raised Christ from the dead is in us we're not cheap knockoffs right the same power it's not just a, a version of we are the light of the world because God has asked us to be in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify far, your father in heaven Matthew 5 so that may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation then you will shine among them like stars in the sky Philippians 2 we're called to be bringers of light in a dark world to shine for something different now that can be difficult one of the things I was thinking about is that when it comes to stuff we can feel anxious and Kate mentioned it earlier and uh I felt that that was a real thing. I think that in a, when we see what's going on, when we see what's happening on our screens, when we consider how to be light in our workplaces, colleges, at the school gate, it's quite easy to be anxious. How do I, how do I stand? How am I light in these situations? One Timothy, or I think it's two Timothy. Sorry, two Timothy. 1 7 says for the spirit of God or for the spirit God gave us rather does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline not by might not by power but by my spirit says the Lord and it's the same because <laughs> God never changes so it's not by my might it's not by my power it's not by your might it's not by your power but it is by his spirit the spirit which comes in the image of flames when he rested on the early disciples you see when Jesus did this baton pass he didn't just say okay great off you go you've heard the message now go and tell people he said you've heard the message off you pop but just first he says but wait one of the great buts in history but wait until you receive power for the Holy Spirit to come we need to be people of the Spirit not afraid of the world and that fearlessness that boldness often comes from having the Holy Spirit with us I know when I've done like Claire mentioned preaching on the streets I used to do that constantly and in the natural that would be pretty scary but I used to be absolutely buzzing I'd love it 
I just felt like the spirit just gave me supernatural boldness. Literally, that was it. I mean, it wasn't literally, it wasn't my own. It was, it was given. And I used to love sharing Jesus, praying for people, seeing people healed, seeing people's lives be given to Jesus. I know that we're in a challenging time and Christians can feel sometimes like there's a layer of oppression on us. But let me just share a bit of encouragement that there is an amplification that comes through our adversity. You think about Paul. He wrote a whole bunch of the New Testament while I was in jail. He spoke to rulers, some key rulers in that part of the world who he would never have had access to for any other way. I think of people like Nelson Mandela. His influence and power grew when he was in jail. Unquestionable. In fact, he changed that part of the world, really, from jail. And so when you face adversity, in fact, there's a saying um, that the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church, that it was adversity and strife which really gave birth to what the church is. And so when we face adversity, and we will, when we're standing for things of God because there's a God of this age and he doesn't like it, when we're shining light into darkness, darkness doesn't like it either. Now, be encouraged that adversity, God can use it for amplification. So when you feel a bit like, oh, say, God, how do you want to use this for your glory? I can feel that there's people pressuring, there's adversity here. I'm being oppressed because I'm, I'm declaring God's goodness, God's morality, God's way, God's righteousness, and pointing to Jesus, saying he's the way, the truth, and the life. Walk to him or you're, all, you're, you're going nowhere good. When you feel adversity against that, my encouragement is to lean into God and say, God, how can you use this for your amplification? How can you amplify this message so it reaches more people? You are the light of the world, but you will receive power. Lord, for everybody here, Do you want to just all stand to your feet? Kate, do you want to come and join me? <clears throat> Lord, we acknowledge that we're in a battle, that we're in dark days, but we confess as one church that, that we're part of a brighter light, that the light of God in us is brighter, that you've placed something in it that is the deposit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you've given us a spirit of boldness and not of timidity, a spirit of power. Lord, we want to be people like Paul who said, I'm not going to be, the kingdom isn't a kingdom of words, but a kingdom of power. I don't know about you, but if you're in this room and you want to feel like you're empowered 
and you feel like this you're looking to God for a fresh boldness to declare his goodness to to as Claire spoke about earlier to be part of reaching your world and evangelizing to be a city on a hill to be light why don't you just put out your hands Lord for every single person with their hands outstretched Lord I pray right now you will stir in them your Holy Spirit Holy Spirit move in each person's life with their arms outstretched give them fresh boldness Lord stir up a passion for your name give them a righteous zeal for peace let them hate the things you hate let the things that we see that which are disgusting and degrade people let those things be disgusting to us Lord let them break our hearts Father let us not become blinded soften us help us to see like you do when Jesus looked at people he said he wept because he, they were like sheep without a shepherd Father help us to see people like that the people who need you to be heartbroken when we hear of people's lives being lost people made in your image stir us up Lord give us a heart for our neighbourhood for West Bridgeford, for our streets for our city we want to see your name lifted high and you draw people to yourself have your way Lord Lord